And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails, I'm Mark Hamby, and I'm really excited today to share some amazing truths that I've experienced over the last couple of days that I have in the studio with me, my co-host, Molly Mayo. Molly? Hello, thank you. Great having you here, Molly. God's really been so good to us lately, hasn't he? Mm -hmm. I mean, he always is, but <laughs> we get to see it in a little bit more clearer picture than, yeah. than you know, we're in the battle here, it seems mm -hmm. like, all the time. And mm -hmm. once in a while, we get to kind of stand back a little bit, and, and that especially happens when we have a guest in, in the middle of the studio today. I've got Dr. Lou Sterrett. Welcome. Glad to be here. Okay, Lou, I'm going to call you Lou. Um, we've been friends for years, and I appreciate you. I feel like you know, if, if there was ever a man I felt that close with, I and maybe we don't want to be too close because then we get to know each other too well. But <laughs> <laughs> We already know each other too much. <laughs> but I feel like you're a genuine brother. Amen. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, not just in, in interest and likes, but also in experiences and heartaches and, mm -hmm. and hopes and dreams. Yeah, we work really well together, though. We really do. I really appreciate you. So you were up in the park yesterday, the Grand Canyon of the East, even though there was one in Pennsylvania, the one in Western New York where Lamputer headquarters is. If you've never been here, it is spectacular. It looks like a miniature Grand Canyon. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And you asked us if we found a place in the park, we could find a place in the park where you could do some, some teaching with our students. This week you're teaching what? On design, discovery, and destiny. Hmm. Okay, so this is dealing with nature. So we're going to go outside. We're going to look at trees and grass and flowers and all kinds of dead things, growing things, moving things, everything that's out there. We're looking at those three principles. Yes, we first gave them a grid to look through. Mm. And that is God has certain design principles that he uses. And the same creator who created us created uh, his workshop for us to study from. So you can imagine the evening walks were not just discovering and laughing about the things they learned about their animals or creation, but also about the Creator, and it would have turned to a worship conversation. So design, discovery, destiny. Uh, I, when I first heard that those three words, I thought, ding, ding, uh, that's a new book title for me. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you haven't copyrighted it yet. But when I, when I heard you say that, I, th I was very intrigued. All around us is, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, you know, you know shows his hand at work and, mm -hmm. and God speaking to us. There's nothing greater other than his word than the revelation of God through his creation. Yes. Right? And yes. his fingerprints are all over it. Everywhere. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so as we were there, we were approaching this gorgeous waterfall. It's one of my favorites in the park. Mm -hmm. And and again, those of you who have never been to Letchworth State Park here in Western New York State, a mile away from the Lamplighter headquarters, it is the number one state park in the country. And it's like a miniature Grand Canyon. So it's one of the reasons I love being in this area. This mm -hmm. park just attracts me. Mm -hmm. And so, so we're up there and we're walking close to this gorgeous waterfall. It's got three levels to it. And then you Ask this question out of out of nowhere. You ask this question: What's the difference between a waterfall and a swamp? And I'm like, uh, other than the obvious, <laughs> you know, swamp is kind of like just sits there stagnant. But I don't know. So tell me, what's the difference? Well, any life giving stream always has a source that it receives water from, and a source that it gives to. It flows in and out. Receiving and giving are of equal importance. Mm -hmm. But one of the great things about it is that it is framed and defined by boundaries. Mm. A swamp has no boundaries, 
It mm. receives from no one. It gives to no one, and Whoa. it's dead. Whoa. Stagnant? Dead. Yes. Um, mm. So so the waterfall is always receiving from an upper source. Yes. Wow, what a great... Mm. What a great parallel. Simple but powerful. Isn't oh, it? you know, some of the most simplest, mm -hmm. the simplest illustrations are the most powerful, I think. Well, they are because we realize they've been staring us in the face all along <clears throat> and we've not caught the third dimension to it. You know, it reminds me of Psalm 145. It says um, that one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And I don't think that's being done a lot today. You know, um, you were in the um, library the other day and I was talking about this book that Charlie Tremendous Jones had written, um, that life is tremendous. And then you looked at me and you said something about enthusiasm that I'd never heard before. Can you share that? Sure. You, I said uh, the number one most marketable product in the world is enthusiasm. It matters little what you're selling, but if you are excited about it, somebody else is interested in it. Mm. And then I asked you, what does it mean? And you didn't have the definition for that word no. like you do all the other words. <laughs> but I said it means of God. And Christians should be the most enthusiastic, not hyper, not salesman, mm -hmm. but just genuinely excited about life and about what it has to offer. Okay, mm -hmm. so Molly, Lou, yeah. what causes someone to be genuinely enthusiastic about life, about something about their life? So Molly, let's ask you first. Yeah. What are the things in your life that you're most enthusiastic about? Well, there, there are a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. I love I love being here at Lamplighter, the people oh. and my family back home. And um, What do you love to share, though, that you share enthusiastically before or after you've had coffee? <laughs> <laughs> well, the coffee. <laughs> but uh, food is pretty amazing. <clears throat> I don't know. God gives us so many really amazing things, which we talk about here. Lamplighter talks about Christian hedonism, which is kind of like enjoying the things that yeah. God has in the world. Um, so I love sharing about everything. I, I can tend to be pretty excited about a lot of different things. There's one thing that stands out for me as I observe you here at Lamplighter. The one thing that stands out to me more than anything is when God gives you something in his word. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's the best. Because, And I think what you're talking about, too, about genuine enthusiasm and stuff is like we're, we're doing this Jacob play. <clears throat> and the people who aren't excited about it are the ones who don't have any personal investment in it, who, who haven't like interacted with the material or made it their own. And I think with like Lamplighter too, like people could care less about Lamplighter, but if they've read a book and it changed them personally mm. and they see it for themselves, I think that will just cause a natural enthusiasm about anything in general. So with, you know, something in God's word, like you read a verse and you're like, okay, cool, that's beautiful. But if you're struggling with something and you read a verse and it's like, whoa, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And it just hits you in a different way, like the powerful illustration of the waterfall. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's crazy. And that's that can be very. And you want to share it with other people as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Lou, okay. Molly just hit on something I think really big. You know, there was a there's a personal investment. Um, it changed them in some way. So how do people cultivate the spirit of God, this enthusiastic, they love what they do, they do what they love, what is it that is going to generate that in their lives? I think there's a, in all fairness, in all honesty, there's a downside of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is probably the greatest expression of true faith that there is. Mm. 
but there has to be an emptiness before there can be a fullness. Mm. We all love the fullness. <laughs> we all love giving something that helps somebody else. Mm-hmm. But in the process, there's an emptiness. Like you promise to speak, and then you think, oh, what did I do that for? I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, I had this idea to write a play, and now I don't have a clue what I'm doing, and I think I'm sorry I ever mentioned it. Uh, I offered a train horse, think, what do I know about any of that? Mm-hmm. So there's this terrible emptiness mm-hmm. that we don't like. Wait, wait, you, you, you promised to train this horse, but you find out this horse is different than oh yeah it's it's going to be a killer like what (laughs) kind of thing was i volunteering for and it's like god teaches you into the commitment Mm. and you make the commitment and that's why our yay must be yay and our nay be nay because it's actually our yay that forms the development and the discovery in our life it's not that we're such good people and such fool people we're Mm. empty people Mm, but as we give and this is the whole process of nature as we tend his flock we discover things about him We discover things about ourselves, and we discover where fulfillment comes from. And so what keeps us in this ministry, though we are pained and worried and frustrated, just like everybody else, even though we shouldn't say that on air, the truth of it is it's the fulfillment, it's the fruit, it's the the culmination of the pregnancy. It gives birth, it gives life to another. Mm -hmm. But like normal pregnancies, there's difficulties with Mm -hmm. them, and there's travail Mm -hmm. with them, and Mm -hmm. it changes your whole life. And the flesh doesn't like that. Okay. So we love enthusiasm, which is the result mm. of a, of well investment. Okay, investing in something that caused that you had to go through some pain to get there. Molly, mm-hmm. I, I got to say this even publicly. So for those of you that are trying to understand what we just talked about regarding this play that we mm-hmm. have invested in, so I wrote a play on the Jacob narrative, you know Jacob and Esau, and mm-hmm. you know the blessing and Jacob looking for grace. Spent two days nonstop writing, and um, and of course, at the end of my anything that I write, I think it's the best thing that's ever been written <laughs> in the world. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, this is flawless. This and then is there's hyper enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I'll go to my, my wife's my editor, and I'll say, Debbie, do not change a word. This is perfection personified. You know, and then she'll send it back to me, and it's not like anything that I wrote. There's you know? three and, words left of the original. <laughs> <laughs> really, and I'll say, and, or sometimes if Molly edits it or Debbie edits it, I'll read it. And I'm going like, you guys didn't change anything. And they'll go like, we'll compare it, you know? It's nothing yeah. like you wrote. Okay, so so I wrote this thing, and then I, I um, we did auditions, and everyone that did an audition was like, yee. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, they just walked out, like, depressed. And mm-hmm. then I'm getting depressed as I'm watching people's reaction. And then Sarah's like, uh. And then Molly's like, uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. you know? And so, like, we went through two days yeah. of, mm, this isn't going to happen. But God was leading us to do it. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe maybe I misunderstood God's direction. Mm. And I kind of like, okay, hey, we don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Molly got this enthusiasm. And she's like, let's let's go for it. Let's, let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. We'll give it our very best in the end. If it doesn't happen, that's fine. But we will give it everything we got. If we've got to stay up to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning... For the next several nights, let's do it. Let's work like because that's how we work at the guild. Mm. But see, that's a principle of design. He tears down before he builds up. Oh, that's beautiful. I, so he rips and tears mm-hmm. this landscape, the hardscape, Ooh. and you're like, why did we start? Because it's a lot worse than it was before. We're worse off. That's and good. then he begins to put it back in layers. And how many? Mm-hmm. How many of us 
quit before mm-hmm. we actually yes. do the hard stuff. You were going to say something. No, I was just saying that um, that thing, like going for the play, didn't just happen. It was actually my car ride back from Letchworth with Rainey because I hit rock bottom with that play. I was like, this is just going to take so much work, and we've got like a month left. I'm just tired. I'm weary. I don't want to do this. And then Rainey, she's just talking, and I was about to fall asleep. And then I was like, wait a minute, she's talking, and she's pretty quiet, but, you know, sometimes, you know, she'll share things that are really profound, like, she's Mm -hmm. awesome. But, so she's like, yeah, the students were really discouraged. She's like, I was, you know, talking with them last night, and they're all just, like, not enthusiastic about this play. And I remembered that yesterday I had a conversation. I had just finished recording the podcast, and I looked over at one of the students. I was like, I don't know about this play, man. And that's, like, all I said. But then this, I think that's, like, totally what they saw and they're like okay so are the people who are like making this thing happen they're discouraged and they don't want to do it and then it just like blew up and i was like whoa my my little comment you know Uh (coughs) impacts people and so then i'm sitting there and she was like remember remember back when we were in a hole with christmas sales and we were trying to put on the dinner theater play and we all knew we'd have to stay up super late and everyone just did it and they rallied together and everyone had the joy and the passion and the enthusiasm we're all like singing christmas carols and we were sending out prayer letters where we're like hey thank you so much for praying for us you know this is what god's doing and that's when we came together as a team and saw something really beautiful happen it was because of that time of really hard work and Mm -hmm. fellowship too that happened and i was like what am i doing (laughs) i was like i've been bottoming out here and like if we're going to make this thing happen then like it's it we've got to we've got to set the example and 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 do yeah. something uh, obstacles are always opportunities for us to not just grow in Christ but to actually partner I love second peter chapter 1 his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness according to a full intimate knowledge of him who's called us to his own glory and excellence, Mm. by which he's also granted unto us great and magnificent promises. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. God's given us all these promises, and I like to be literal, (laughs) all 8,767 promises, by which he's also granted us great and magnificent promises. Peter doesn't say these promises. He says great and magnificent. Now, if I'm going to speak like that, people are going to say, Mark, why do you always got to use all these superlatives, all these you know, huge adjectives to describe what God's about to do? Why can't you just speak without? But Peter says, great and magnificent promises. That's how grand they are. God's granted us that he'll, I'll be with you always. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Um, I'm a son and shield. I'll give grace and glory. No good thing will I withhold from them who walk uprightly. First mm-hmm. uh, John chapter 2, he says this. He says, and this is the confidence that I give you that you can ask anything in my name and it shall be given to you. And here's the scary part about all that. Opportunities never go away. They simply go to someone else. Mm. Okay, that's that's goosebump uh, That's Esther's story, isn't it? Mm. If not through you, someone else. else. Yeah, wow, powerful. Okay, let's bring this back now. Okay, so we are going to do this Jacob narrative play. Uh, and what has everything to do with pruning at the front. Yeah, yeah. The, the, deep, the deep hardscape has to take place in our lives. There's got to be death before there's life. Mm. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we are in the park. You share this illustration about the, you know, the, the swamp and the, the waterfall. Amazing illustration. I could have gone home at that moment, but then... You bring us into the woods and you're looking up at the trees and you ask the question about which limbs are most dead. 
and why are they most dead and which limbs are most alive? Share what you share there. Well, when you look at a tree, this is a generalization, but there are vertical limbs which come out and they kind of Y against the trunk. And then there are lateral limbs that shoot straight out to the sides. And when we watch these trees, we realize that most of the decaying, weakened, or broken off branches were the lateral limbs. The horizontal ones. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And because we know all trees need to draw to the light, they need to draw vertical. But as Jesus was told that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God, God and men, yeah. our ability to grow in favor with men is not by simply socialization, total lateral connections, because they become weakest if they're only social connections. Mm. And brother, we're, ha we're meant to love the brotherhood, but our love for the brotherhood is strongest when it grows toward God, toward our brethren. Whoa. That's why we're perfected in unity. Okay, so here are these trees. I mean, the majority of the trees that had the lateral horizontal limbs, they were the ones that were the weakest, and they were the ones that most of them were dying on. And when you're humanly trimming trees, you trim off the weaker, potentially less productive or strong limbs. Okay, so those of us that have a greater need for more social, so that these, these horizontal limbs are reaching out in the undergrowth, you know, they're not reaching up into the sky. They're not reaching up into the light. They're more, you, you, you relate that to more of a socialization. How, how do you relate that socially? Well, God wants us to grow laterally. He wants us to mm -hmm. serve our mankind, but we're only as good as we are dependent upon him. So mm -hmm. as they say, no, so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want us just to be vertical. He wants us to branch out and influence and have the breadth of influence, but not just lateral. So it's that delicate balance once again. Mm -hmm. Maple trees, sugar maple trees really represent really well. They, they Their form goes both lateral and yes, vertical. Yes, it does. You know, they go mm -hmm. out and then they go up, mm -hmm. you know? It's a beautiful, and you know, those beautiful trees, you know, you mm -hmm. took a three foot diameter trunk on that beautiful sugar maple and it stands out there, those that are out there kind of by their themselves, it's just, they're like 40 feet wide and they're they gorgeous. They withstand the wind gust and the heavy burdens of snow better than any other, as do we stand the trials and the burdens that normally tear off weak limbs. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, sometimes the ones in my forest the oaks are the ones that usually fall. The maples never fall over in a huge windstorm. Yeah, because the oaks go more straight up. Mm -hmm. They don't go as far out laterally, but the, the maples do. Isn't mm. that interesting? Okay, so from there, you, you gave us that lesson. And then from there, you know, you, you gave us some simple lessons. But the one that hit me the most was some of the dead logs on the on the ground in the forest. And, um, Share what um, you Well, one of the students brought a picture because we told him to go and get pictures that were yeah. teachable moments. And they brought a great picture of forest debris, logs and branches that had piled up and accumulated with waterfall. But there were also tires and plastic mixed mm. in among it. Interesting. And I said that when God designs, even in death, he is giving life. Actually, the Paul says, death works in me, but life in you. Mm. And we see even the regeneration mm. through decay that is actually nurturing. Paul even said uh, he counted these things but dung, and he was referring to criticism and enemies. And dung actually is a form of fertilizer. So we can see whatever God uses mm. to replenish and mm. nurture our spirit. But when man makes things, he makes things from the motivation of greed. 
and it does not replenish in death. It only accumulates in debris. Why well, those stinking tires are stinking still in tires the will never go away, <laughs> but God's work will recycle. Mm-hmm. So we are still benefiting from the life of Enoch, as the Scripture tells us. We're benefiting from Moses, though they're long dead. They're still feeding yep. us through. Yeah, the Scripture lives. says, "Yet they liveth." They liveth, and that's how wow. they live. In our life. And so our goal isn't just to live this life. Our goal is to live generationally, so that the residual of our life is something that other people can pick up and live on. I love this. If we're going to live generationally, we need to live generously. That's a good point. Very <laughs> good point. Lou, this has been amazing. Okay, let's let's do this again. Let's stop here today. These are some amazing life-changing points, all walking in the woods. Mm. You know, we got to see these things. Thank you so much for bringing these truths to light. If you think this is important, wait till you hear the three imperatives he gives to us how we should respond to his creation. Okay, that'll be part two. Um, I'm excited. These are uh, life-changing truths. Um, Thank you for listening to another Fasten Like Nails. I'm Mark Camby. With me in the studio, Molly Mayo, Dr. Lou Sterrett. Thanks for being with us. Thanks. And we'll look forward to doing this again as we are passionate about inspiring or creating a renaissance of creative excellence that inspires one to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy enjoy Him him infinitely. infinitely. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, Visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. What if you could learn from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater? I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net.